Well, good evening. And it's good to be here. That's very humbling. That young family. We think we've got problems at times. Young women there, two young kids. You know, it's uh, it can be he- life's heavy at times. Really heavy. But for tonight, we're here. I don't know the FIBA score. I seen the first goal. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. <laughs> but I was thinking. I was thinking as the roar went up. I was thinking when the Lord says, "Over one sinner come in repentance," the roar going up in heaven. And at the end of the day, that's that's the real roar. That's where we're really, at, you know. So with, with that in mind, I want to share a couple of things with you. And it's some heavy stuff that I felt the Lord laid on my heart for us to, to bear and absorb as we try then tonight and this week go out and evangelize. We go and advance God's kingdom. So that's a, a rough bare bones of, the, of where I'm going to tonight. But before we do that, Heavenly Father, we just ask you to grace your presence, Lord, and just remember that young family again, Father. And just open your word up to our hearts for encouragement, Lord, that you are Lord the Lords, King of Kings, and you are in control, Father, even over in Haiti, Lord. So we just look to you tonight in Jesus' name, Father. Amen. Amen. So I've been, I've been thinking about... Can you hear me okay? Yeah. So, right. Uh, I mean, think about what's been getting spoken in the last couple of weeks. And uh, Dave Bremner, a couple of weeks ago, dealt with one of the hardest verses in the Bible. And it's been ringing in my ears for the last couple of weeks. And Robert was really very hard this morning, but I'm not saying that in a negative way or a bad way. At times we need to be that hard to get across the people that were rubbing shoulders away in life, the dangerous position they're in. We've been enlightened by the Holy Spirit, so the responsibility is on us. But I'll share a couple of verses with you then. I just want to share where my mind was today. And you can get these references, you don't need, you can look up if you want, but anyway, it's, it's Matthew 7, and it's, it's 21. As I say, I've, I've actually wrote this in my Bible. It's one of the most scary, scariest verses in the Bible. And it breaks in at 21, uh, verse 21. So, so Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one, the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Cast out demons in your name? Do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Now, Dave delivered that context brilliantly a couple of weeks back. About, Lord, Lord, we done this, that and the other. Relying on their own self-righteousness. But it's a heavy calling, you know, casting out demons in the Lord's name. Mighty works in the Lord's name. And the Lord turned around and said, I didn't know you. And 
it's, it's, that verse a long way I'm going to jump into Hebrews 9.27 okay if you could turn there please and that's where Robert was this morning uh, basically Hebrews 9.27 and these are my, my two main texts and just as appointed for man to die once and after this comes the judgment so Christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many will appear a second time not to deal with sin but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him and that brings me to the day I'm thinking the things that we do here and the things that will not be done in heaven and I'm thinking the activities we do we break bread as commanded by the Lord and we get baptised if we've just came to the Lord and the other great commission is evangelising and evangelising for me and it's not for, it's not for everybody I could I could tell a sermon about that lamppost there to somebody just turning it and sometimes it was stupid and sometimes it was out of context but that's just where I've came from my background, which I'm all going to tonight, but that bullshiness, that in your faceness, I felt the Lord seemed to use that in an evangelical sense of me going out, witnessing no matter where I was. But that's not for everybody, that's me. But every one of us has got talents in evangelising, every one of us can touch people where I couldn't touch, or, you know, Cathy couldn't touch, but we've all got different gifts, different talents to say well there's a cup of tea there's a scone and somebody just opens their heart to you you know so the people were dealing with in an evangelising sense the night you may get an opportunity the night tomorrow you certainly get something this week of that I've no doubts and at times for years we used to go on a Friday night evangelising the streets going to the pubs etc it was quite in your face stuff but my mindset now is at times if you just prepared yourself that morning or, or whenever that night whenever you're preparing yourself before the Lord the Lord will give you opportunities natural I would say more natural evangelical opportunities I'm thinking of this woman as the car park her car's packed in can I help you aye right jump leads out buying the car starts and I had a wee gospel track I just noticed that when I buy it I went even if he die, then, would you? She's no bother, you know. So, just one of the wee spontaneous ones that nobody can script. But you, you, I no doubt you may have experienced it in the past, one in many. And sweet touches like that, that I feel people remember. They don't forget. And uh, you can go away and say, right, well, you know that person's going to read that. And then it's between them and the Lord. But basically we're dealing with four people, uh, four categories. Dealing with folk that are not saved. We're dealing with folk that are saved, they've been justified by faith in Christ alone. And people who are not saved yet. Right, and, and it was it was R.C. Sproul who made the statement, he says, I liked when he was talking about is someone saved or not, etc. He says, I like to try and treat everyone 
as if they're going to be one of the elect one day. And I thought that was a brilliant thought. Apart from the Lord giving us his command, treat folk the way you want to be treated, you know, which is which is can be hard enough to do at times, but that's that's what's laid on us. Uh, so not saved, saved, saved but they don't know it yet. But the hardest one is this one. They're no saved, but they think they are. They think I've got friends, good friends. I'll no mention denominations or nothing. But to try to get into a conversation at times where you can then bring in some biblical theology, what the Lord says, know what know what their religious culture says, the religious culture that they're hoping on depending on and at times that can be one of the hardest and I mean I was sharing, sharing my, my friend uh, Vince one day and I was looking at some folk remain nameless but they were within a church setting and you're listening to conversations and you're watching lifestyles and at times sometimes my gangs went their way and at times I've sat by and I've thought, who's the furthest away? Who's the furthest away for God? The person standing in the church, but you know, with conversation and attitude and spirit and heart, they're miles away. Whereas one of the boys might be in the pub. I'm not justifying that lifestyle, but you're asking the question, who's the furthest away? And more so when you read that heavy verse, not everybody who calls... Lord, Lord, it's, it's heavy stuff. But I'm not saying that to the presses. Right? I'm saying that as a reality. <coughs> uh, as you go on in the Christian walk, Christian battle, whatever you want to call it, it's as heavy as it gets. Uh, I was talking to Jimmy the other night there, and we were just joking. We we're actually talking about Chick Murray, one of his jokes. And he says he knew this fella, he was sitting in the congregation and the preacher's preaching away. And the guy had dead dry humour. He says he was dead like Chick Murray. He says, see since I've came to the Lord, he says, I feel as if I've grabbed the tiger by the tail. And there's teeth in the other end. <laughs> and that was his summing up. And at times, when we come to the Lord, it gets heavy and hard. That, that young woman there, two bits of wings, out in the street. Coming to the Lord's not easy, and you will pay the price. You will, it will cost you. Uh, whoever lives godly will suffer persecution. That's no up for debate. But there's the benefits there. One day, pan back. I'm a young man, early twenties again. I went back to college, saying to upgrade my sighting girls. Anyway. Obviously the religious questions come up in the class. They know I'm a Christian. And so everybody's rallied against us. They're giving me a hot and heavy, but I'm buying away as I could. And uh, I was after it. One of the fellas came to me and says, Tommy, I says, if the Lord was sitting there himself, I felt that's the way he would have handled it. That was his sentiment. That's no word for word, but that was his sentiment. And he didn't realise what he was saying to me, but I went away with a, sp- a spiritual spring in my step. And after that, somebody else actually came to the Lord. But anyway, that's another story. 
but it's just one of the occasions that they do come up they do come up in your work life they come up in life they'll come up no matter where you're at coming up talking to a neighbour or whatever so they, it is there the, the command for us to evangelise the irony is the Lord saying eh, it's, it's John 6 44 he says if I'm lifted up I will draw all men to me this drawing a Christ so he's out there already preparing you know the wee woman under the Asda corn no, no starting away with a track now you could multiply that a thousand times in our life different aspects where we can naturally evangelise and in your face evangelism I'm using that loosely uh, but I was there that, that then got me thinking that back to the, the hardest one the, the sort of a universalism everybody's saved when somebody dies somehow they're then sanctified beyond belief because they've died and it's a right battle to get across to, to folk without even with the spirit of the Lord because that's people saying to the Lord Lord, Lord, we have done this, this and this in your name they're, we would say they're under the umbrella of Christianity we've done this, this, this in your name and Sandy offered he, he shared with his, we were talking about the thief on the cross I shared it this evening that if it wasn't recorded we would just look at the thief on the cross and think he was a thief he's been put to death and think nothing more of it he's died, he's gone but for the record of the gospel God revealing the heart of that, that individual uh, Lord, and the Lord saying to the Lord remember me in your kingdom of glory so the, the heart bit we don't know individuals hearts and I heard this story it was an absolute it's an absolute belter that the house is in fire and that will lead me on to another story which the house was in fire and the services had given up on it and there was a young baby still in the house so this character runs in now the, the crowd's cheering for him going into the burning building he then runs back out with a bundle under his arms and all it was was his money box with his money in it now if he'd have went into that building and got burnt alive everybody would have held him he went in there to try to save that way as most of us would think but it was that incisive almost brutal view that the Lord can see right into our hearts our minds, our motives as soon as Tommy Proctor comes in, the Lord's out and almost in a heartbeat the Holy Spirit can say right are you, are you doing it to be seen? Amen are you doing it for me? and that's the rub for us as we, we try and work and live and behave the way Christ was have us work, live and behave so I, I, I felt that was a that was a brilliant analysis and it stuck in my mind with what I'm going to share with you next when I, this is part of my 
story. When I was a young man of 13, I was brought up with my granny because my mum and dad left me when I was a kid. But that's, that's for another evening. Uh, but I was over visiting my mother and a next door neighbour asked me to look after her kids because she was at a party two or three doors up. This is, it would have been 16 home gardens or 20 home gardens, one or the other, in Belk's Hill. And so I went in, and at that time I'm smoking and whatnot, so the kids, they went to bed, but I can always, you'll remember it if you're of a certain age, let's say, the old black kid-on leather suites with the yellow cushions on them, right? So the lady comes down and says, right, away you go in this one, that's, you know. But anyway, about two or three in the morning, it was literally blue lights and all you hear is the ruckus. So I've run down the stairs and I see my mother coming in, one of the kids with blood trickling down the side of the mouth here. And then another kid getting CPR out in the, out in the grass. And another kid lying in front of the fireplace. Anyway, basically the four children suffocated through the toxic fumes that come off that sweet, the, the three piece sweets that I've just described. This is well before fire regulations. So that had a, a massive effect here. Uh, subsequently that lady, she ended up, she committed suicide. The reason she was out was her husband had committed suicide about two years before that. And she'd, she hadn't she had been out for long and weary and she was thinking two blocks up. Right, so no justifying it, but it was one of the heavy things in life that happens to you. And yeah, so when I heard that story about the guy running into the burning house, now it really stuck in my mind. But at times, that's the brutality of life. That's the the people that we have to evangelise, try to reach, and. I was just, I just wanted to share that with you just as a wee, wee snippet. But as I'm preparing for the night, I was then thinking of how the Lord was dealing with people and the different people the Lord was rubbing shoulders with. And I'm just going to go through, it's familiar stories, but this is what came to me today. Going to Nicodemus, a professor, a theologian, uh, and the Lord saying to him, you've got to be born again. Now, unfortunately, it and everyone's got to be born again, we know that, but unfortunately we've got stuck in that sort of a one track and a, an album of different approaches, let us say, and we can hammer the born again. But And it just got me thinking, the woman at the well, you know, being very gentle with her, she's on her fifth husband, you know, you know she's been in the block and she just uh, the Lord just handled it perfectly if you know who it was his talking to you you know you can have rivers of loving water springing up for you, within you and then I was thinking so often we we look at the, the decline of the fella leaving the father's house and then eating the pigs for Right, we, we, we see the decline. But I was thinking of the farmer 
and his ascendancy and his wealth ascending. I'm going to build bigger farm, eh, bigger barns. I'm doing plenty. I'm going to be set up for life. I've got plenty of money. And so often we tend to forget about we're thinking of somebody being successful in a financial aspect. Sometimes it could be further away from God. And speaking on the, the, the riches, but I'm thinking of the, the rich young man who the Lord just saw right through, seen, saw where his weak spot was about his riches. He says he can be prison, a prisoner of five or a prisoner of five million. I need to work that out for myself. We all need to work it out. And it's great to see that, that need being met for that young family uh, earlier on. And I was then thinking the, the road to Emmaus uh, and their, their aspirations we had thought, right? And then Jesus opened to them the scriptures. But it was just that, that statement we had thought, you know, and so often people they've got a, a part of theology and we had thought we thought we're going to be alright, we thought then these good works would be fine. And it takes us to get alongside folk, just be normal and just pray for the Lord to open the doors. The Lord's got to open the doors. Because if it's me that's saying it, forget it. We need the power of the Lord. But this brings me this brings me and if you want to jump to Matthew 28, right? Go to go here. Because this is the I just feel this is the icing in the cake for us for this evening for the rest of this week. It's Matthew 28. It's a great commission. You'll be familiar with it. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him they worshipped him. I may add the Lord never refuted worship. He never ever refuted worship. And I've also debated with some close friends this Satan desire this worship, you know. Uh, and for clarity, um, Jesus is no here and Satan's here. Jesus, uh, Satan's under Jesus' foot. He's crushed him at the cross. Devastating blow. And the ultimate statement that the Lord says, I will build my church. It's an absolute, it's not even up for debate. I will build my church. The kingdom of God's here. Your kingdom come as we pray in the Lord's prayer. But anyway, back to the Great Commission. Verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now if all authority is there, there's no room for anything else. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he's saying to us the night, Sunday night, go there for and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's, can't beat that. 
and that's what I would just leave as an encouragement that we've been told to go and evangelise whatever way that may be but all power and authority is given to the Lord he's in vestiture he's, in, he's the king of the kings and we have him buying us up him going before us him drawing along beside us uh, I was thinking of the auction but and apparently each auction was different and they had to shape the yoke so you know when the Lord says put my yoke on you know learn to me put my yoke on it's almost shaped for each individual it is shaped for each individual in here as the Lord comes alongside us uh, so I say that for your encouragement one night I may give you my testimony I'll give you a bit of my testimony you know, but, um, but I'll leave that for your encouragement all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me so bless you